wonderful to be with you this morning on this slightly chilly, yesterday was summer, today is winter, eh? It's uh, good to be back from the island of Mauritius, and uh, for those of you that came with us, um, it was amazing. Um, we kind of, Katya and I have, through the years, wondered to what extent do you rave, to what extent do you sort of hype things, and I don't like hype, but, um, and I think God has, has taught us through the years, just be modest, you know, in your, in your feedback and all that, but um, I just thought the miracle of Mauritius um, uh, was the term in my mind, and um, Phil sent a message this morning just thanking us as a team, all of you that were there, uh, Dot, Gunton, Andrea, Kevin, the Rooties, uh, who else was there? Cutty came. Um, and just, just the amazing um, work that's happened. The church has got muscle on her. The times I would leave there thinking, it's been 18 or so years, I forget how long, but just um, it's now beyond herself. She's existing for not just herself, that might sound quite parochial, but at times you fight for the life of a church, and um, it's been established. She's muscled up, if I can use that word, if that's the right word, or and ready to, to go beyond, to regions beyond, amen. And so they went to Madagascar, and um, I'm sure with Jotty's connection, with Gunton and Andrea made a wonderful connection in Seychelles and brought them to Mauritius, and that was an incredible connection. And uh, maybe a highlight for me and um, was uh, had my sister and three of her friends who often go to Seychelles because they can afford to. They are very, they live an affluent life, go there and go to the finest islands, eat the finest foods, drink the finest beverages. And uh, they were all in tears after Jotty testified that he's got four jobs. So he's got four jobs, to, to including leading the church. And uh, they, 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 when I sort of was over and he shared and I walked past and they were all like sobbing. I said, what's happened to you aunties, you know? And um, they just said, we were just so unaware, you know, and how can we give? How can we give into the work? So I just thought that was a special moment for me from holidaying and sort of in the Seychelles to saying, no, we need to take our resources and, and support this, you know, and I hope that they do it. But it was a good time. Um, I don't know when the next um, equip or uh, Genesis sort of collective time will be there, but you're invited and it's a good story to go to. It's a beautiful island and we come back with a very good report. Amen. Gunson, Andy, got a highlight with a big voice? Just a highlight for you. Beautiful. Good. Yes. Can you hear? And a big voice from you, just a highlight. Like you shout at Gunter sometimes, but I know you never. <laughs> never does, I know. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Thank you, guys. So good. Um, yes. Yeah, sure. You're on a roll. Go and Thanks, Dot and Kevin, for going. Thanks for being at the, at the desk, Kev, wherever you are, and, and serving. There you are at our desk again. To see the Rooties there, um, Dan and the guys just, just serving, and Lily shrieking around and laughing and hugging everybody, um, and Jonty, just wonderful, and um, Shannon being there, just really good. So praise God. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing. Use us, Lord. Uh, time is short. Um, time is short, God. It's, it's brief. It's, it's a blink of an eye, and it's over. And won't you use us in Jesus' name as we look at your word? We did come back a bit early. We had uh, changed our tickets twice to get back to Sheena McDonald's Memorial at Glenridge. Uh, we were on eldership together at Glenridge, and she unfortunately passed away at the age of 73. And um, it was like a, her, her memorial was like a festival. It was just a hello was a festival of celebration, and uh, Doug McDonald said to me, who's a good friend of mine, he's, we walk together, you know, we go quite deep together, and he said to me, Nick, it, the script shouldn't have turned out this way. I said, why not, Doug? He said, no, she, I should have died, and she should have lived. She's the strong one. She's the vibrant one. She's the, she makes things happen, but she, she's gone, you know, and I should have gone. And I just thought, yo, tell you, you realize, guys, now's the day, eh? Amen. It's now's the time to make the highways. Uh, Ruth chapter 4, what a great story. What's the time, Mike? Um, 9.42. Um, it's a, it's the, the context for those of you that um, haven't been around. Uh, we can't go through it all, but it's, it's the time of judges. It's about a 250-year period, whatever it is. And it's a, it's a, it's a heartache time. And, and the story of Ruth or the book of Ruth is is taken out of the grand story of the book of Judges that's tragic and, and you know, wonderful in, in little micro moments. But then God seems to take the story of, a, of a, one family and make a whole book around it in the time of Judges. Like, wow, why, why did he highlight this story? And, um, and so they leave this family, Elimelech and his family, they leave the land of Israel and particularly the land of Bethlehem or the community or the village of Bethlehem, Ephratah is the greater area, and they leave and they go to Moab. Now, that wasn't a good plan. No one, no commentators agree with that, a good plan. You don't leave Israel, even though God is perhaps chastising them because they're in apostasy, but they leave and they go to the land of Moab. What was the motivation? It's generally accepted. It wasn't spiritual. It was economic. And sometimes we make decisions based on uh, the economy, the land, the situation, the circumstances, and they literally go from the frying pan into the fire. Um, there was chaos in Israel. There was no leadership. Um, the elders were sleeping. The, it was just like a time of of actually idols, and they were they were really were not 
uh, doing what they should. There was no king in Israel, and everyone did what they saw fit in their own eyes. And brothers and sisters, we have always been at that place where we have a tendency, there's revival, there's passion, we, we get saved, we get born again, and then we get used to it, and then we, we begin to do what we want to do in our own eyes. Sometimes the leaders get tired, and um, they, they go to Moab and disaster strikes. Um, as, as it were, there are uh, this guy and his wife and his two sons, and um, a, a family of six, they find Moabite wives, and um, so there's six of them, and next minute, disaster strikes. The, the husband or the father dies, and the two sons die, and the, the family of six is reduced to three widowed women. It's not a pretty picture. We would understand it less today, but more on that day. That's like a total disaster, and they're reduced to, to six, to three, and then eventually Naomi says, listen, this hasn't worked out, ladies. Go back to your people. They begin to go. They hear that God has visited Israel because he will always visit his people. Amen. God will always visit you. He will, even though you may go through a tough time, um, even though God will see too, he will always see too. Dave, is that right? So remember, irrespective of what you're going through, marital crisis, child crisis, economic crisis, we sometimes make emotional decisions. Sometimes we make decisions based on a, on a rush, or we're just deciding. Like it's two situations I'm watching now. People have just decided no yielding, no community thing. You know, just, we're just going to, to Moab. We're just going here. We're just doing this. We're just leaving. We're upping and outing, and we're going to seek our fortune. People say, well, I understand. Well, of course, here yeah, you can go and look at the story and... Um, it's a disaster. She's going back. God's visiting Israel. And she says to her two daughters-in-law, listen, don't stay with me. It's not going to work. Go back, go back, go back. And one goes back. Orpah goes back. And uh, he, she says to her, look, you're, 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 um, Orpah's going back. You go back as well. Go back to your people. You, that's where you'll get married. You'll find a husband. Because if you come with me, uh, you're not going to have a husband. You're not going to have a future with me. There is no future with me, she says. Um, go back to your gods. She, she eventually says, even to your gods. I mean, this lady, um, Naomi, is just like nuts. She's saying, go back to your gods. Because Ruth has experienced something. She's heard the stories of the God of Israel amongst these people. And so um, she says, listen, I'm not going back. I'm going to stick with you. Orpah kisses her. Ruth clings to her. Sometimes people kiss you. You think, oh, they're wonderful. No, you want the clings, not the kisses. Amen. You want to be a clinger. You want to cling, amen? Give me an amen from the front row. You, you want to be a faithful people. You want to cling to your spouse. You want to cling to your church. You want to cling to what God has given you. Don't let it go. We're a transient people. I heard this pastor say, if it's time to get divorced, well, then get divorced. I thought, what are you talking about? How can you say that? I mean, a great pastor. I just, what are you saying that for? It's never time to get divorced. It's time to embrace one another. Amen. That's just on the side. And so she says, listen, I'm clinging to you, auntie. Mother-in-law, you don't cling to mothers-in-law, not, not bitter ones, not ones who says, God has afflicted me, not one who says, God's hand is against me, not one who says, I came full, but I'm empty. She's actually wretched. Naomi's now wretched. She's, she's broken and she's Actually angry, and a root of bitterness has grown inside of her. 
Because she says, you've struck my husband, and now you've struck my kids. Like, what are you doing, you know? And Ruth says, I'm going with you. He says, may God deal, deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you. Where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. Where you stay, I stay. Where you'll be buried, I'll be buried. Brothers and sisters, for those of you that are like that, God wants to use you. If I did that at school once, I went to my rugby coach, and I because you know, I was quite a good athlete, but I wasn't a great rugby player, and I said, listen, if, if I'm sort of available, I'll be your, you know, your center or your wing. You know what he said to me? He was, he was like, I was one of his favorites because I was an athlete and he was looked up. And he said to me, I don't want you in my rugby side. I thought, what? I'm your favorite. He says, listen, you're in or you're out, bro. And I was shocked. I can remember sitting at Durban High School on the terraces and Mr. Kershaw said to me, not interested. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? And the Lord says, are you listening, son? I wasn't even saved yet. Are you in? Are you in? Are you in? Imagine getting Jesus and you were never in. You were, you were lukewarm, bro. Are you in? Amen. Brothers and sisters, we have, we have a, a short time. We drove in Mauritius. We got a bit, not lost, but we went to some place and we came around the corner and there was a Buddha. I don't know what he was. No, it wasn't a Buddha. It was an idol bigger than the ceiling. It was looking over. It was purple. As you came around the corner, he loomed over you and I thought, Ah, what a battle we fought on that island. Principalities, idols, powers. But we're in, amen? We're going to go back. We're going we're we're to go for it. Jesus, I'm coming. And um, it just so happens that she begins to, she, she's an amazing lady, Ruth. She, she begins to say, no, no, no. And immediately she begins to work. She, she, there's a, there was a, 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 a thing where all the, you couldn't harvest to the ends of your, of your field. God knew what he was doing with Israel. He said, let, let the poor, let the beggars, let the aliens, let the foreigners come and glean. Like, Chuck, when you're harvesting, like, just let some fall over for the poor. Give, be generous. And so she begins to glean. And beautiful story. And um, thank you, Mikey and Kate, for preaching on uh, Ruth chapter 2 and 3. And you can go and read about it. And uh, next minute, there's this guy called Boaz. He's a sharp brother, they say. This guy's sharp, man. He's, he's on his game, amen? And we don't want to extol the virtues of Boaz and Ruth beyond what we should, but, but um, this, this guy's sharp, and he says, something about that lady, I don't know what it is. How old was he? We think he's probably about 70. Some say 80. No, that could be 65 to 70. He's an older guy, but he's noticed this lady, and he says, oh, she's that Moabites. The, the people that, that, that worship um, Chemosh, that actually offer their children as sacrifices. God says, don't associate with those people. To ten, ten generations, they had to have no inheritance in Israel. But he notices that there's something. Oh, yes, they begin to talk in the town. She's the lady that would cling to her mother-in-law. She showed favor to her bitter mother-in-law. The mother-in-law comes back, and she says, listen, don't call me pleasant. Call me bitter. I am embittered. Don't you dare call me Naomi. Don't you dare call me pleasant and easy, for I am embittered. God has been tough with on me. He has struck his hand against me. But there's this jewel, this Ruth, this amazing lady. She's just like, she's met God, it seems. She's, had a, she's, she's converted to, to the God of Israel. And she's saying, no, there's something about the God of Israel. If you compare him to my big, ugly, purple God that, that looms over, it's ugly. I've seen another. 
you've told me about another, and I don't know him well, but man, I, I just I sense something, and I want more of him. And that's what happens, and she begins to glean, and this guy Boaz notices her, and eventually chapter 3, she's like, things are carrying on, and she's gleaning, and, and he's, she's now not just a beggar, but she's a servant girl, and, and, uh, and Boaz has been kind to Ruth. Things are looking good, man. And then uh, Naomi has a brain wave. She just like, she has an epiphany. God speaks to her, and, and, and she tells Ruth, hey, listen, Ruth, take off your mourning garments, wash yourself, beautify yourself, perfume yourself, get your best dress tonight. And sneak into the threshing floor <laughs> and, um, and, and go to Boaz. And he's going to be asleep after he's eaten. Go quietly. They don't want to see you. And when you get to him, uh, uncover his feet and sneak in. <laughs> Put his blanket over your feet at his feet. And uh, it, he's startled at night. He says, who's this auntie here that's a... He probably, maybe the perfume woke him. Who knows, you know? Maybe she had a slight snore. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Maybe he had a big snore because he was high in spirits. And uh, he's startled, and he, and he says, like, who is this? And he says, this is Naomi. And his heart melts. This is a love story, brothers and sisters. His heart totally melts. I believe Ruth was a, probably a very, certainly a beautiful woman, if not a... She was indeed a very beautiful woman inside. Sometimes you meet women that are very beautiful, and all the others think, oh, I want her. But then sometimes you meet a woman that's beautiful inside. It's just got a spirit on her that's just like, whoa. Like, nice to have both. But you'd prefer the inner beauty because the outer beauty gets us into trouble. And he is amazed. And uh, she's saying, would you marry me? Everything that her mother-in-law said to her, she does. Oh, my word, we could spend so much time. And, he, and she says, like, take me, I want to marry you. Very forward, very unusual. And he says, stand by. Just go home. He gives her seed, and she puts it in her shawl, um, a, whole lot, a whole lot of seed. And she goes home, and the mother-in-law says, what happened? Stand by. He says, I've got some business to do. We pick it up with chapter 4. Verse 1, Ruth chapter 4, Meanwhile, Boaz went to, I look at the time, up to the town where the, the town gate and sat there. When the kingsman redeemer he had mentioned came along, No, I can't, I can't marry you. There's another guy. We should just sleep together. Should we just like, no, 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 no. I can't, can't, nothing, 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 nothing. I mean, I mean, let's just say, you know, we're sorry. It would happen. It's just, you know, you won't believe it. But just, we're just like, we consummated the, the marriage. We love each other. I mean, couldn't you see this thing building? Because everyone wants him to get married. He says, no, don't touch you. Stand by. There is another. This man, Boaz, does things properly. He went to the town gate and sat there, and, and Kingsman Redeemer, he had mentioned, came along. There's another guy that has rights to, uh, to Ruth and to Naomi. He says, I've got to go and find this guy. So he goes to the city gate, which is where all the sort of town hall or the courts or where all the heavy business happens, all the deals, all the property deals happen. And uh, he sat there, when the kinsman redeemer, he, he's not mentioned. They call him, what's his name? But he's not mentioned. But he's got no name because, you see, sometimes we, are, we, we half in, brothers and sisters. We want to be fully in. Amen? Uh, we, we, want to, we want to say, no, actually, I, 
I don't want to be a main guy, but I want to make my contribution. So he's not mentioned. And, and he came on both and says, come down here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. This guy's getting to work. Boaz is a serious dude. He, he's, he's, he wastes no time. He's not lazy. He's not passive. He gets busy. He does stuff. He's a, he's a worker. He's, as, the harvest, as the rain comes, he's harvesting. He's, he's not whinging about, oh, where are you got? He's, he's, he's thinking. He's doing stuff. He's good with his workers. His workers praise him. This is a good man. Amen. Men, we, got, we need jobs. We've got to work hard. Amen. We've got to provide. <laughs> We've got to make our beds. We've got to brush our teeth. We've got to polish our shoes, though we don't do that anymore. We've got to do what we have to do. We, we've got to get off the screen, as it were, and we've got to get operational. Amen. We've got to be paying attention. So he wastes no time. He does the right thing. He goes to find the, um, the true guy. And uh, he goes and takes 10. He says, verse 2, then he took 10 of the elders of the town and said, sit here. And they did so. So this guy's got standing. He's got a full quorum of elders. He's about to do what he has to do. He's, he's following Deuteronomy 25, verse 5. Listen to it. I'll read it quickly. If brothers are living together and one of them dies without a son, his widow must not marry outside the family. Okay, this is the kinsman redeemer thing. Her husband's brother shall take her. If there's no brother, then the uncle takes. If there's no uncle, then the first cousin takes, or the second uncle, or the second cousin, or the second brother. Her husband's brother shall take her and marry her and fulfill the duty of the brother-in-law to her. The first son she bears, the first son, not the second son, the first son she bears shall carry the name of the dead brother, so that his name will not be blotted out from Israel. So this guy had to take his sister-in-law, marry her, because the brother was dead, and that child would not be his child, it would, but it would be actually carry the name of the deceased. How's that? So that his name will not be blotted. However, if a man does not want to marry his brother's wife, she shall go to the elders at the town gate and say, my husband's brother refuses to carry out his brother's name in Israel. Okay, He will not fulfill the duty of a brother-in-law to me. Then the elders of the town shall summon him and talk to him. If he persists in saying, I do not want to marry her. <laughs> not her. His brother's widow shall go up to him in the presence of the elders, take off one of his sandals, spit in his face. Did you read this last week? Mike, you should have told me, man. Kate did. <laughs> Bible, I'm just saying, I'm not doing it. I'm just, this is what is done to the man who will not build up my brother's family line. That man's line shall be known in Israel as the family of the unsandled. So this guy, Boaz, not taking shortcuts. You know, let's, let's just live together because, you know, it's like we can't afford. No, 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 no. We just have sex together before we marry. No, no, no. Brothers and sisters, in this day and age where everything's going chaotic, we can do what's right. You have the power to say no, amen? It is within you. Then he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi has come back from Moab. She's a, how old would she be, Kate? 50 or 60? Is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. We don't know exactly what happened to this land. Did they lease it out? 
Had they sold it, because then there could be the year of Jubilee, it reverts back to them. A bit complicated, I don't have time to get into it. And um, he may have given the rights of the land to another, we don't know, to raise capital, to get food, etc. But she's now selling the land, so the, the money would go to her, but maybe from her she would have to repay certain debts and obligations, etc. I thought I should bring up the matter to your attention, Mr. Kinsman Redeemer, and suggest that you buy it in the presence of the seated here and the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. I'm giving you the first option. Knowing that if he said yes, he loses Ruth, the lady he's fallen in love with, and she's fallen in love with him. Imagine Ruth saying, what were you thinking, bro? But if you will not tell me, so I will know that. For no one has the right to it except you, and I am second or next in line. But the option is yours. I'm following God's law. He made them male and female. Uh, no, I don't know about that. We're talking about sex or gender. God made them male and female. Now we're going to change that now. We're going to have men marrying men, women marrying women. It's in the church. We, we say, God, uh, like, uh, can I just help you here? This, this okay, even if he marries her, he doesn't love her. No, we follow what God says. God knows better. It's going to take some of us 20 years to go around, do... You're right. You're right. It only took me 20 years, Lord, and lots of heartache. For no one has a right to accept you, and I'm next in line, I'll redeem it, he says. Rains are falling, fields are good. Yeah, it's a good plan. I'll do it. Thank you. He's about to take off his sandal and do the sandal swap, you know. Makes sense. Businessman. Then Boaz says, On the day that you buy the land from Naomi and from the Ruth the Moabites, you acquire the dead man's widow, which means you acquire. Listen, he acquires both, as it were. He acquires Ruth, um, um, Naomi, and Ruth. But Naomi, you can just put at the granny flat at the back, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> She's just, just bold. Just take the car shed and put a little shower and a bathroom and a bed. She's a, she's a, she'll see her days out. But this, this Ruth, now that's another story. Because now I have to marry this girl Ruth. And, she, and what is, um, you see, Boaz is too clever. He says she's a Moabites. Oh, I don't know about being, marrying a Moabites, do you? It's like not so cool. She's got, there, there's a complication there. You will acquire the dead man's, Mahalon's widow, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. Sneaky, you're going to get this girl. You don't, don't know, the, the, the commentator said, you know, at this the kinsman redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. What is it to redeem land? You know what it is to do? Is you go, you buy the land, you get the widow, so you pay money out of your estate, out of your, your, your estate that belongs to your children. You buy it. And then you marry somebody, where you, 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 you have a child, and then that property belongs to the child. He was not a deal here. Well, what deal? And he doesn't even have my name. He, he, he's, he's called Elimelech's son. He's not my son. So I must fork out money. I must get involved with this Moabites. I've got my kids. I've sorted out my estate, my inheritance. It's all in the will. Now you want me to come and buy that, and the, and the land resorts to them. 
no deal, no can do. And I don't know about this lady, Ruth. I don't want danger. You redeem it for yourself. I cannot do it. History-making moment. History being made. And the dusty town gates of Bethlehem. Two potential kinsmen redeemer. The true one, and, the, and I think the other one is the one of law. You see, the law cannot redeem you. But the, there's a true redeemer. His name is Boaz. He's amazing, this guy, you know. One sees the problem with the deal, the complexities. The other one sees the, problem, the princess. He says, I'm not interested in the business. I'm interested in the girl. I'm interested in Ruth. I'll pay anything for her. I want this girl. You see, the Bible's a love story. The other kinsman sees the problem. The one sees the daughter, the princess. He's in love with her. That's what Christ has done with us. For God so loved the world that he gave. The son poured out everything. He, he loved us. The whole theme of the Bible is, I love you. I love you. Oh, but I'm bad. I'm a Moabitess. I'm like, there's a problem with me. You. All you have to do is come to his feet. All you have to do is, you see, we all come to the feet of Jesus. Somebody tells us about the one, and we're saying, who, who, just come again, what, what, just another time, let me hear again, let me, oh, no, I've got to go to the feet. I've got to go to the feet of the one, the true redeemer. That's what Christ has done with us. He calls us into his family, and in so doing, endangers his reputation. He takes us as his bride. People say, I hate the church. You can't believe there's hypocrites in the church. Yeah, Jesus' reputation gets endangered when you join his church. And me, and all of us. There's not one single person here that's got a clean record. Not one single person, like, I can't believe this church. And you, sir, one, one guy met upstairs with me, and he, and he told me about the hypocrite in the church. I said, that's interesting that you say that, because it, the suggestion is you are without hypocrisy whatsoever. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying that. I said, <laughs> All of us endanger his name, amen? <laughs> Driving 190 kilometers an hour, Nick Hardy, no, I don't. Or whatever, or just being horrible to Kati, or whatever, just being dismissive, or arrogant, or greedy. Yes, and you, sir, and you, ma'am, and all of us, amen? Showing off. Is that Okay. Oh, danger, my estate. Jesus completely, his reputation is tarnished. Now, in early times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transaction in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself. And he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today your witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Mahlon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabites. Yes, Malon's widow as my wife. Yes, in order that to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among my family, from his family, or from the town's records. Today are witnesses. The sandals was that they'd walked around the land, they'd had a look at it, and he says, Okay, now yeah, you can have it where this shoe's walked is yours. You'll never forget. No, no, remember we saw oh no, that's my property. No, we swapped sandals. Do you remember? There were the witnesses. Uh, it wasn't just verbal. It was the swapping of sandals. And then the elders and all those at the gate said, we are witnesses. 
once that happens, once Boaz commits, once Boaz says, I will take from what is mine. How old was Boaz? 70. Yes. The Mishak, the, the, the Jewish tradition say, you know, they, they say um, Ruth was, they say 30, 40. Boaz was 60, 70. <laughs> he commits to her. The moment he commits, listen to what happens. The moment you commit, the moment you say, I'm in, the moment you purchase the land, the moment you cling, the prophecies begin. Listen to what happens. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah. What? Who's Rachel and Leah? So the moment he says, they swap sandals. The prophecies begin. The words begin. Who Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. Do you know who Rachel and Leah, sons of Laban, daughters of Laban, married Jacob. Do you know who they produced? Joseph, Benjamin, Reuben. You talk about the, the what's it? Hall of Fame. Simeon, Levi, Judah. Issachar, Zebulun, may you Moabite woman who had no inheritance with Israel, but Boaz has, has taken his favor and shown it to you. He's taken you. May you be like the, the, the elite of Israel and, and may you produce sons like that who built up the house of Israel. May she, Ruth, become like Rachel and Leah. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. The moment you see the prophetic words spoken over our lives are so important, brothers and sisters. I've many times, you know, your, your, wife's, your life's like this, your wife. <laughs> your, your life is like this. Sometimes you're up and then sometimes you're okay. And then sometimes you're grubby and you, and you lack faith and you... You, you don't feel God's favor, and then you climb again, and you feel God's favor, and then you're on top of your game, and everything's cool, and, and then you, you may dip again. I don't know how many waves we go through. May you be famous. May you have standing. Actually, it's, it's amazing that, that, um, that, that we keep going. Words are spoken over your life. It's amazing. Look at Gunther and Andrew, and they, they decided to make a connection. Apostolic words have been spoken over this church for I don't know how many years. People have said to me, I don't, I'm not interested. Somebody said recently on a trip, not interested in the nations. Don't see it. I'm thinking, hey, bro, you, have, you don't even understand the Bible. You don't understand Genesis 1. You don't understand the Gospels. You don't understand Acts. Actually, we're a people beyond ourselves. There are prophetic words spoken. You will link nations. Imagine if somebody came to Gunter and Andrea and said, no, you guys will link nations. You think, what? Okay, uh, who does that? Only Paul the Apostle. No, just want you to go to Seychelles, make a connection, make a connection, make a connection, make a connection, and bring them across to Mauritius. That's it. And then Phil and, um, and George and Kim went, went to Madagascar. So I saw Phil just, be, how was Madagascar? I'm so glad I put my feet there. I just put my feet there. I met all the elders. We were freezing cold. It's like as high as Pretoria, Madagascar. I said, are there mountains there? Just to go there. Amen? 
Words begin to be spoken over your lives. And you may say, well, those were spoken. Hold on, they're going to come. And so you see all these prophetic words. through us, and You'll be famous through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman. May your family be like that of Perez and Tamar. Who's Tamar? Tamar's, Tamar's this lady who loses her husband, loses the second husband. And then there's a third one, kinsman redeemer story, that Judah won't give to her. Because Judah says, every time I give my boy to this, my boys to this lady, Tamar, she's like a black widow, they die. I'm not going to give that last boy to that auntie. So what she does is she gets dressed as a prostitute. She is so intent on continuing the line, she's perhaps a granddaughter of Noah. And she is so intent that she gets dressed up and she sleeps with her father-in-law and preserves the seed of... Of her family, actually. And, and ladies, can I say this? What God has put inside of you, what God has promised to you, fight for it. Fight for it. Oh, my husband. No, fight for what? I mean, this lady did the things, and then eventually, you know what he says? That, that, that daughter of yours pregnant. You know what he says? Burn her. Do you know that he says that? Burn her. Adulterous woman. Oh, by the way, who does this belong to? This shawl and this stick or whatever. It's yours. Yo, 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 yo. You are more righteous than me. You are a righteous woman. The, 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 the pains that people would go to to preserve the things that God had promised them. Brothers and sisters, we're playing church. We're playing church. There's friends of ours that no longer fellowship. They were saved. They were deacons. They were born again. They were teaching. They no longer. I'm grieved to my stomach. I just pictured this morning of a cloud. I love the clouds of God. I love the Old Testament picture of God's presence and, and like a vortex coming down like a tornado and touching us this morning. Touching your soul, man. Even if you're battling, even if you're at the low, even if you're struggling. Then the woman said to Naomi, you're going to be like Perez. And, and he, 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 Perez is the father of Bethlehem. Then the woman said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel, speaking of the sky that will be born Obed. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age, Mrs. Emptiness. For your daughter-in-law, here come the prophecies. Here they begin, as, as there's a wedding, you see, people begin to speak. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better to you than seven sons, they're prophesying. Better than seven sons. This Moabite woman who you wanted to said, go back to your people. She, God, she's a gift to you. There's a providence of God. She's better to you than seven sons. Has given him birth has given a kinsman redeemer birth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him on her lap, and cared for him. The, the NIV ESV says laid him on her bosom. There's a conjecture, did she feed him? She basically said to uh, Ruth, listen, Ruth, that's my boy. Hands off. Oh, Ruth said, he's like my boy. No, he's my boy. In fact, probably Naomi was this incredible woman. Um... She said, Lord, I'm struggling with you. Lord, you have struck me. Lord, I'm embittered. But Lord, help me. And when that boy's born, because she is a good woman, Naomi, when that boy's born, she takes him as her own. 
She will not let him go. She puts him on her lap, on her bosom. Come on, guys. We've got to take our inheritances. Maybe I'm preaching just for myself today. The woman living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him. The community named him Obed, restorer of life. It starts with brokenness and childlessness and disobedience, but God is so good. He restores. I don't know. It's too late what happened to Elimelech and Kilion and Malion. It's done. It's done. It's what happened to, um, uh, what's her name? Orpah. It's done. She's gone. But there's Ruth and there's Naomi. God is always looking for a remnant through thick and thin. Oh, I don't know about the church. Oh, come on, come on. Jesus is building his church. The church will go through ups and downs, bright and dark. You and I will sometimes shine, sometimes we'll fade, sometimes we'll make mistakes, but we can get up again and say, come on, let's go. Come on. I mean, I was bitter, but now look, I've got, I've got the restorer of life. God has vortex down and he's touched me, amen, in my old age. He was the father of Jesse. Where, where am I? He was the father of Jesse, this Obed Edom. This Obed, sorry, not Edom. The father of David. This then is the family line of Perez. Now go back to Tamar. Perez came back to Bethlehem. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Abinadab. Abinadab, Abinadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, Boaz, the father of Obed, Obed, the father of Jesse, Jesse, the father of David. There's no king in Israel. Naomi, Ruth, Boaz, through you. I'm going to produce through you that kinsman redeemer. I'm going to produce through your brokenness, through your line. I will give you a kinsman redeemer. What are the lessons? The Puritans, uh, I think it's Keller that speaks about this. The Puritans would say, dealing with God or walking with God is sometimes like, you know the loom or the, you know the, 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 the knitting loom? What's it called? Weaving loom. You know the weaving loom? <laughs> the, the, they say actually walking with God is like, you know when you're under the loom and you've got these, these long strings and they do all this stuff and we're like underneath and we always see is knots and stuff. I just think, Lord, what are you doing? It's these knots and these strings and, but then... Then you come out and God gives you a glimpse and you see this tapestry or this, this carpet or this, this, um, f- this fabric that's been, and you think, oh man, all I could see was knots and strings and hands and stuff. And, but when God shows you, ah, that's what I was doing. That's what I was, oh Lord, your providence, God, your goodness. Perhaps you've made some poor decisions. Difficult things have happened. You're responsible. Just come back, man. This actually, um, Ruth is like, or Naomi is like a prodigal. She comes back. She says, "I'm back. I, I went full like the prodigal son, but I'm back empty." Help, help. Perhaps it's not your doing that things have happened in your life that are difficult. Perhaps you took matters in your own hands. Sometimes we make massive emotional decisions that have huge consequences. To say, "I'm oh, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry." I spoke to somebody this week. About a whole lot of decisions. All we have to do is say, Lord, I am sorry. I was wrong, God. I was motivated by money. I, was, I feared you wouldn't provide for us. I just want to say I'm sorry. I'm as bro- I, I, all those guys I criticize, I'm worse than them. Help me. Help me. 
That's why humility is a beautiful thing. Okay? Naomi came to the end of herself, nearly finished, and to the beginning of God. I love that. Naomi, come to the end of yourself and to the beginning of God. Sometimes God says, until you do that, Nick, realize cultural barriers are broken through. Ethnic barriers. Boaz and Ruth broke cultural and ethnic barriers. Who was Boaz's mother or grandmother? Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot. What? No wonder he says, no wonder she's a Moabitess, my, my, my grandmother or mother. Don't know which it is. She was, but, but she's the same one that was, suddenly she said, no, God's with these people. She blew out her red lamps that were hanging, all her, kicked out all the ladies of ill repute and said, no, no, there's, there's, some, there's, there's one I've been longing to meet. He's the God of Israel. That's this Boaz's mother or grandmother. Okay? So when, she see, when he sees uh, Ruth, he says, no, I've seen this movie before. Cultural barriers, ethnic barriers. You look at the war in Israel right now. No conditions on her obedience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How do you get this life? You love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and you obey. Ruth obeyed. There's no ways I'm going to get dressed and put perfume on and go to that. I mean, that is ridiculous, mother-in-law. Now I know you've lost your mind. That is, we don't do that. Just do it. Just do it. Nike, is it? The story about Ruth and Naomi and Boaz and, and Obed, they will disappear off the pages of Scripture. But they're amazing people. Just very quickly. Just, just in case, there are, there are many Ruths in this church and there are many Boazes in this church. So I just made a list quickly. Ruth is loyal. She is faithful. She is humble. I've got all the scriptures and all the narration. I don't have time. She is hardworking. She is obedient. She is integrous. She is courageous. She is a perseverer. Boaz himself is a generous man, okay? He is a kind man. He is a concerned man. That's us. That's the church. He is a respected man. Katya and I were talking about there is no blemish with Ruth and Boaz as best we know in the scriptures. There is with Abraham. There is with David. There is with Gideon, but not these two. He is a respected man. He is a redemptive man. He is a man of wisdom. He is a man of godliness. He is a man of honor and reputation. He's a man that makes other families prosper. In the genealogy of Jesus, there are five women mentioned. Tamar, that lady that had to sleep with a father-in-law and disguise herself as a prostitute. There is Rahab, the prostitute. There is Ruth, the Moabitess. There is Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Those are the, f and there's Mary. Why are they mentioned and not all the other ladies? Why do they get, I mean, I'm thinking Bathsheba. Lord, why did you use Bathsheba? You see, we were all Gentiles. We were all fallen. We are all lost. We're all broken. We're all, we, we, you don't even know what's in your history. I don't even know what's in my history. I've just been to the island. I thought, oh, I know there's shadows there. <laughs> I'm told, I'm told one of my, I've shared this before, one of my great, great, one of my, not too far. When you drive up to his big estate, sugar estate, You'd have kids disappearing. You'd have a whole lot of kids running away. They were illegitimate children. 
of this very noble family. Can I repeat that? That my, I'm told that you just see these kids disappear under these, this colonial house because they were kids that my had with somebody. And then there were the other kids, the white colonial kids. God takes all of us broken. God, no, no, not Bathsheba, for goodness sake. You, you, Nick, are worse than Bathsheba. Don't think you're better than Bathsheba. I am a God of grace, amen? And so it goes on. And so to land, Ruth is a picture of our humanity, incestuous origins, nation of idol worshippers, cut off from God, barren, widowed, lost. But she clung. Who said, all I know is I'm just going to cling. I'm just going to believe. All she did was believe. Boaz is a type of Jesus, a kinsman redeemer. Questionable origins with his mother. Ruth lays at his feet. I've spoken about that. She's saying, redeem me. I need redemption. Jesus is our glorious and true and better Boaz. Boaz came to his field and saw Ruth. Jesus comes to earth. This is his field. He he forsakes heaven. He sees us and he, he says, I saw you, Nathaniel, while you were under the tree. Boaz took note of Ruth and spoke kindly to her. Jesus takes note of us and speaks kind words to us. The goodness and the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Ruth finds favor in the eyes of Boaz. We find favor in the eyes of Jesus. I don't know why, but we do. Amen. Boaz gave up his, his entire estate, his entire field to get Ruth. Jesus gives up his life. He, he buys us with his precious blood. When you see Jesus, you think, were there holes in your hand? Of course there were holes. What do you think? You put a nail, this thing. Of course there were holes. Can I touch your hands? When, when, when they see him, they say, Look, can you take off your shirt and show us where you... You, you were smashed for us. I gave you everything. There are holes in your feet. Yeah, big holes. He gave us everything. And he says, Nick, I want you to love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. I wondered, why, I wondered where the Boaz was married. They say not. Jesus, I'm sure the ladies were saying, come Jesus, marry me. So I'm waiting for my bride. Boaz waited, waited. Jesus is still waiting. He's the, the, it's still going to be consummated. Sorry I've been so long. Would you stand with me as I pray? I don't know if you've got a song, Manu. Just Ruth, guys. That's just the book of Ruth. Four short chapters, 86 verses. My hope is this, guys. We, 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 we're discussing this morning as elders, do, do we continue with something of the story of Ruth? And maybe we will. But won't you dust off the words spoken over your life? Won't you, won't you say, Lord, what did you say of me? What, 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 what were the words given to me? What do you want to do, Lord? Can I pray? Thank you so much for listening. To a long sermon. Just, just think for a moment. I'm Ruth. I'm Ruth, Lord. Broken, but redeemed, noticed, loved, seeded, embraced, cared for. That as Ruth walks into, Lord, a new home, a new field, 
a new husband, provision, generational blessings, and on and on. So we have walked into your field, Jesus. We have come into your space. Think about Boaz for a moment. Come to the feet of Jesus. If you have never come to Christ, can I invite you this morning? You say something that that man said, that you said, Nick. I need him. I need to come to Christ. Perhaps that's you this morning. Perhaps you need to come. Perhaps you need to surrender your life. Perhaps you've sought your own fortune. You've gone your own way. There's an invitation this morning to come. Is there anybody here this morning that needs to come to the feet of Jesus? Every eye closed. Could you raise your hand, please? Love to see it. Response. Raise your hand. Anybody here this morning? Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Just raise your hand. Have you been seeking your own fortune? You need, you need to come to the feet of Christ. It's a, I'm making a general invitation this morning, a general call. Thank you, Lord. Anybody this morning? Relax, everybody relax. Pray. Pray with me. Pray with me. Maybe you need you like a Ruth. You need to, you need to come. You need to cling this morning. Just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Father, one or two hands up. One or two hands, Lord. I'm sure there's more, Father. I'm sure there's more that, that want to get into that explosive journey with you. Won't you touch us by your spirit, Lord? Won't you, won't you vortex down from that cloud? And, 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 and I know those can be dangerous things, Lord, those tornadoes or whatever they're called those typhoons or whatever, but, but I sense, Lord, you, you want to quicken some of us and empower us and release us, Lord. Could, could you come in Jesus' name? I want to hand back to the elders. They can maybe pray. I don't even want to pray, Mikey, but, but uh, we're going to sing. And you know, just ask, Lord, Lord, come. Come, Jesus, come. Come and visit us. Awaken us. Stir us, Lord. If I've said anything that's inappropriate, God, take it away, but leave the gold, Lord. Leave the seed, Lord. Leave, leave the jewel, the deposit, God. Leave the wonder of the story, God. And now send us out, Lord, with this beautiful message, God. In your precious name, I pray.